Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to make friends in real life in sobriety. Julie and I greatly appreciate you listening to the podcast. Make sure to share it with a friend, leave a review, and smash that subscribe button. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry-go-round, but things ain't merry when you're going through the motions. Fulfillment lies in emotions, so why go through life unavailable? You're unfailable. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. We're back. And I also read a stat today that said 6% of podcasts don't make it to episode number two. So we are we are the six percenters, Julia. I love that for us. <laughs> We're just out here crushing it. Um, yes. So Julia came up with the topic today. I will let her explain that. And then we'll kind of dive in from there. So I'll hand it off. Yeah, so I got a suggestion from one of my TikTok followers, I believe, the pronunciation of her name is Anais. I looked it up on YouTube, so I'm hoping that I got that correctly. If not, I'm sorry. But she was asking about how to make friends and start friendships when you're sober, specifically when it comes to making friends in real life. So in addition to online friendships. Yeah. And I thought it'd be kind of helpful too if we like both walked through our experience here like maybe what we thought would happen and then what happened and then we can kind of dive into ways that we did it um but I'll start like I know that's one thing that actually kept me from getting sober for a while is and not just necessarily like how I thought my relationships would would change with my friends but for me as like a single guy dating I was really scared of dating um and if that would alter how women looked at me or, or what they might think about me being sober, like that was a really big thing for me. And it actually kept me from from committing to sobriety for a while. Um, Looking back, I, I fully understand that that was like my projection. And just because I was in that stage of life that, that that's how I would look at people that, that didn't drink, and it was total insecurity speaking. But um, yeah, like my experience, and and I have heard that this from like, or I guess I should say opposing views from different people. But my experience has been that it's been really great, like just people accepting my sobriety, and people um, not really caring. So not that they're necessarily sober, we we are going to talk about that. But like, I haven't felt this extreme need to go meet sober people because I I just feel like I have good genuine people in my life that don't like pressure me. So that was kind of like my expectation of what it could be like versus the real experience. You know, nothing's really ever as bad as we think it's going to be, but um, yeah, that, that was kind of my experience. Yeah. I had a similar experience in terms of it sort of deterring me from committing to the sobriety because I really had every intention of going into this journey and taking this path completely by myself and doing it alone and not expecting to have any type of sober friendships in my life. Um, I was really expecting my life to, it was going to look exactly the same. I just wasn't going to be drinking. And I would say about a good half of my life, that is the case. 
my friends are the same. We do the same type of thing of going out to bars and restaurants. I tag along, I stay sober, but now I have another half of my social life where, and this is very recently where I have a group of girlfriends that I met specifically through sober events and events that were advertised for sober people to meet each other. So I didn't see that coming at all. And it took me, I think I only started reaching out to or attending events like this when I was probably around my seven month mark. I'm just over nine months now. So for a majority of that time, I really was holding on to my life looking exactly the same. And it's just the connection that you can make with people when you're both sobered the whole entire time is unreal. It's awesome. So I'm glad that I went out of my comfort zone, even though that wasn't initially my plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like, I don't know if you had this or not, but I had some imposter syndrome early on when it comes to being sober, where I was like, I don't know if I can hang out with sober, like one, that's a commitment. If I start hanging out with sober people, now I have to be sober. I'm going to be their friend. Like I have to be, it's like accountability to the maximum. And when you're early on in the, the process, that's kind of scary. Like honestly, anything that is fully committing is scary early on in sobriety. Like the first social media post that's terrifying because everyone knows now. So if you go back to drinking, you're going to catch some like glances. You're going to, people know. People are going to ask questions. Yeah. Um, so like that's scary. Hanging out with sober people is scary. There, there's a lot of, of things early on in sobriety that get really scary. And, and that was one of them for me kind of still is honestly. Um, Cause I, I, I don't have like a sober group of people that I hang out with. I have lots of friends that barely drink, but um, I don't have like that fully sober, sober, um, community, but one more thing I was going to ask you is like, did you have any hesitation or insecurity about finding friends in sobriety that like, or, or worried about what your friends were going to do before you entered sobriety? Like, did that cause you any pause? I had a feeling this decision was going to make some of my friends uncomfortable, um, And I think it did. I don't know if they would say that out loud. I think it did. But we all got used to it way faster than I thought. I I thought it was going to be a very long, drawn out process of them getting used to it. And they got used to it so fast. I isolated myself on purpose for probably a lot longer than I needed to. And that was just because I I was trying to be respectful and protective of my sobriety. I was, I was doing the most when it comes to that, just in case I didn't want to push myself too fast, but yeah, my friends that I have, my very good friends now are my girlfriends from high school. And I've honestly been friends with them since elementary school. We did all of grade school together. So we have plenty of memories of us before we started drinking, which has helped but I'm not going to lie. I, I don't really talk to my friends from college. And I honestly think that's because I wasn't a very good friend in college. I I wasn't in a good 
a good headspace. So it's not their fault at all. That was my bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of how, how my friendships look from, from before. I look, I love that you took ownership there too. And like, I, I sometimes see mostly on like social media where people are like, yeah, once you get sober, like, uh, you know, the, the fake people are going to drop out of your life and stuff. I'm not totally on board with that. It's like, sometimes you just have friends that are your bar friends and that doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means maybe that's what you connect over. And I'm sure like I've had some great drunk talks with people at a bar and like, you know, great as in fun in the moment. And maybe that's what that was. It doesn't mean that they're like a fake person or, or any of that. It's just like, there's seasons of life and there's seasons of friends, friendships in your life. Like that's totally okay. Um, I, I'm, I battle definitely with like shaming the drunk stages of my life because like they were what they were like, they weren't, there was obviously, I wasn't living to my full potential. I wasn't being my best self, but those seasons happened and I learned from them and people that are from that season of my, my life, they may enter sobriety at some point too. And like, maybe that, maybe we reconnect there. Like who knows? Yeah. I was just going to say that just because I was going to use the word season, just because that season of your life has closed. And right now you and that other person's life looks really different. It doesn't mean it's always going to look that different. I feel like something that both my parents have brought up to me is the drinking thing does kind of slow down just naturally as you get older, people are in committed relationships and they have like priorities of saving money for a house and maybe they have children. So with that, the drinking thing's not always going to be such a big deal. And so I hope people find comfort in that, that just because you and maybe this person that you used to be really close with, used to be really close and now you're not it doesn't mean it's going to always be that way yeah not at all not at all and and it'll it'll flow how it's going to flow and that's like perfectly okay but I, don't, I just don't feel there's like a need to cast like strong judgment or or just be like oh like the fake people are dropping off it, it just is what it is you know i have friends from high school that i talk to once a year and it's still all love like you know it, it's all seasons but we can go ahead and dive into to what we came here for, um, ways to meet people in real life and sobriety. I'll, I'll give you number one. So I would say this at least worked for me was I started online. Um, primarily I joined a Facebook group that's called Chicago Sober Society. My friend Hannah runs this page and I was just looking if there was any type of event that I was interested in going to anyways. Um, so that was number one. Another thing is, I know not everyone's in Chicago, obviously. There's a hashtag that's hashtag sober in whatever. So sober in Chicago, sober in Kansas City, sober in Boston, whatever. That's also a very good place to start too. Um, it's typically, you're going to find a younger crowd <laughs> if you're finding an event through Instagram or something like that, because I feel like a huge misconception is you're really going to only find friendships in person. If you go to something like AA or something like a meeting, 
And I think that's great. It totally worked for some people. Um, I knew that wasn't the route that I was going to be taking. So I had to get creative. And so I would say, yeah, number one thing is start online. And it can be scary because a lot of these events that I went to in the beginning, I was going by myself, um, which is something I'm not used to going to a social event by myself, um, really putting myself out there and making myself vulnerable. Um, So you have to be patient with yourself. It's going to take time, maybe because you initially made the decision of, I want to make more sober friendships in real life. And you get nervous, you get nervous. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very human inner, like a human reaction to have. So be and- kind with yourself. And I love that you did that alone. Like, that's awesome because most people are, you know, it's a scary thing to do. Like, I agree. It's a scary thing to do. I've personally done a lot of stuff alone. And like, just a tip for anyone out there, like when you go to an event alone, make like the first thing you do when you walk in, engage somebody. Like, first of all, there's probably going to be other people there alone. So like, you can spot them fairly easy. But get yourself like it's all a a game of momentum. So if you go in and you're kind of milling around for a bit, each minute is going to feel more heavy. So like when you go to these events alone, just like say hey to even if you just say, hey, hey, what's up? As you're like passing by somebody that alone will be enough to get like just keep your keep your momentum going. Um, cause going to events alone is scary. So that's just like one thing that I do that, that helps a lot. Um, so for me, uh, I guess with my first one, I'll go with try new things. So in, you know, when I was drinking, I barely tried anything new. If I'm bored, drink. If I, you know, it's all like drinking routine. Um, there's not really like anything new that I had to come up with. So one way that that you can meet people is by trying things that you always wanted to try, whether that's jujitsu, whether that's CrossFit, whether that's a cooking class, what anything like that, anything that you've had the urge to do, but just never really even considered because it seems kind of out of your comfort zone or something, you have the opportunity to do that now. And this is like a perfect time to to put yourself out there and meet new people that way like perfect example for me is I I always had the draw to CrossFit like just the group the group part of it the group element the friendships you know you see them post on on Facebook and stuff it's like god those CrossFitters man like all they do is talk about (laughs) all they do is talk about CrossFit and talk about and they're always hanging out 20 people deep But I think there was like a little bit of jealousy in me too that that had that thought like, damn, it would be cool if I was that jacked and I like loved working out and I loved hanging out with my 20 friends. Um, So yeah, this is like, hold on, I'm sorry. Rocky, stop. (laughs) Um, Yeah, get used to hearing that guys. My dog is, he'll always try and make some noise in the background. I'm surprised that my cat hasn't given us more of a hard time. So (laughs) Be on the lookout for that. That's, yeah. Um, the animals I wanted cool. to just say that when it comes to the CrossFit thing, I got into CrossFit too when I first stopped drinking. I don't go as much now. I've been kind of, I'm going through a yoga phase right now. So yeah, we'll love see, that too. Yeah, yeah, we'll see when I return back to CrossFit. But I really like that you brought that up because it really just takes 
practice of learning how to be social when you're not buzzed or tipsy or with the assistance of any type of liquid courage. I'm doing air quotes because I don't really believe in that anymore, but, um, a, a, and an environment like that is a perfect example of you two are obviously both sober in that moment, you and the person that you're trying to talk to. So getting used to starting interactions in that type of setting is it's just going to get easier as time goes on. Things are hard and things look impossible until they're not (laughs) and until they become second nature. So I don't know. I just want people to to keep that in mind. And another thing, like another tip here, if you, if you need help, like if you're one of those people that you're just like, I'm just not sure what to say or what to do, go to these activities and ask somebody for help because people love helping people especially if you're like new to a gym they're going to take you under your wing or their wing they're going to be so excited that you're that interested in doing things the right way they're going to already see that you're taking this seriously just like they are and another thing would be if you don't know what to say ask about them people love talking about themselves so if you feel like you don't have anything to say ask them um that was a tip that my mom has told me for as long as I can remember. And I use it to this day. Yeah. I opened up so many conversations at first. How long you've been coming here? Like that's such an easy one. And then you, then they realize you're new um, and you can just get some momentum going there. So yeah, that's just trying new things and get being open, being engaging when you're at those things. That's, that's a great way to meet sober people, at least sober yes, in the moment. That. And like, that's, yeah, I know that's not like straight up sober people, but um, like I think just forming genuine so- sober relationships is is good too. Love that. Um, and yeah, and maybe when you do something like that, you'll be more okay the next time when an actual event that is advertised for sober folks to meet each other, it's not going to seem as daunting. Right. Um, my next one has to do with, I guess, not meeting new friends, but making sure your friendships are sustainable through this transition. Um, doing activities at home. That was one of the things that really worked for me is like at home movie nights, at home painting sessions, that type of thing. And, um, Sometimes I know this sounds bad, but sometimes you can kind of offer it as an idea of like, I'm not trying to spend money this weekend, but I still want to do something. Do you want to come over and watch a movie? Nine out of 10 times that's worked for me. So I know it's not going to work for everyone. I know every, a lot of people, their friends and their social life kind of looks exactly the same every weekend. Um, But I feel like kind of towards the end of the summer, people have spent a bunch of money during the summer months and they're kind of not trying to do that, but they want to know that they still want to hang, that, you know, they still want to see you. So offering activities like that, I think is also a good way to keep the friendships that you do want to keep in your life. That's a good way to to sustain them. Yeah. And I'm sure that's another one of those things where it's like, it may seem like a big deal in, in our mind to ask somebody like, Hey, do you want to 
um, come over for like, but they're just going to be like, cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> they're not going to read into it. It's just everything. I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but at first I felt weird inviting people like, Hey, do you want to go get ice cream? And that's just, that felt weird. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? The amount of times I've been like, Hey, do you want to go for a walk? <laughs> it's like, do I sound like a weirdo? But honestly, they're like, this is, this is so nice. I'm so glad that, that we did this. Yeah. Just like to give some feedback from my, you know, cause I'm sure there's some single people listening, like from my dating experiences, I've had very positive experiences from women that are just like, wow, this is nice to like not go grab drinks. Like it's nice to go to a park and just walk around and drink coffee or it's nice to like, that's kind of my go-to is like, Hey, let's go to a park and we can like drink coffee and I'll, I'll bring coffee. Let me know your order. And we can just walk around or um, something like, because that. it's almost like, even though that's something so simple, it's not the default of going to a bar. So it looks like you're putting in more effort than you probably actually are, but it just yeah. feels that way. And it's like almost a free date. <laughs> <laughs> like not True. that I'm like trying to dodge the, you know, but it's just it's being, a win -win. Sobers, being sober is cheap. Like being sober is cheap. Yes. I mean, it's a way more affordable lifestyle. That's for sure. Because I'm sure we'll have an episode about this, but it's not even just the drinks that you're paying for, for yourself. Like I got super generous when I was drinking. So I'd pay for other people's drinks. And then there's the late night eating yep. and then there's the Uber home. <laughs> and then there's the food the next day because you can't move. So <laughs> it's just like what we were talking about last episode where it's like, it's not just the time that you lose when you're drinking. It's the time of, being hung over and it's the same thing for the money you're nailed it like the uber the late night food now I'm, now i didn't meal prep for my monday workday, so i have to DoorDash food and just like all this money keeps compounding domino effect yeah for sure for sure um well cool i'll go with another one of mine having a home base for like a coffee shop so a coffee shop where you go there all the time and you introduce yourself to the staff and you get to know everyone there. Like what I did at mine is I just brought the staff flowers one day. I'm just like, Hey, like here's some flowers. I remember you posting about that. Yeah. That's like when I, that was before it was my home base. I didn't like intentionally do that to make it my home base. I did it because I just wanted to like spread good energy and like challenge myself. But by doing that, they were all like, Oh, like, what's your name? Like, and then we talked for like 20 minutes and then now it's my home base. Cause I, I just got to know them. So yeah, just like getting to know the staff at the coffee shop. And then you kind of become like one of them in a way where it's like, you start to know other people that go to that coffee shop or they'll like introduce you to other people there. So that, that coffee shop kind of becomes your community in a way. Um, yeah. So like that's, that's like one thing that I stumbled upon on accident, but is working well. Yeah, that's super cool. And that's actually a good point because I know we talked about it a little bit last week. The confidence that I have now gives me the ability to do more things like that. The other day, so I've lived in the same apartment for two years now. I just signed my third lease and 
I don't know any of my neighbors. (laughs) I've not introduced myself to any of my neighbors. I don't know them. And I'm not just talking like in the building. I'm talking like the houses around. And this woman the other day, she was looking at these two cats (laughs) that were hanging out next to each other. And I feed the neighborhood cat. We kind of all do. Um, We all feed the neighborhood cats. And so I... I don't know what came over me, but I asked her, I was like, oh, are you looking at the cats? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, they've been hanging out together this afternoon. And it just snowballed into, I found out how long her and her family have lived in this neighborhood. And um, I told her about like my background and we introduced ourselves, like our names. And she was like, it's, it's so nice to to be meeting the new people that are moving into the neighborhood. And I was just thinking, man, this was really nice. Just this wholesome, random interaction. And now when I see her, I have someone to say hi to, which is just random, but weirdly really nice. Yeah. I think, I think people, especially now more than ever, you work remote, right? Yep. Yeah. And I work remote, like now more than ever, people just want to be engaged and, And really, there's this weird thickness in the air of like, oh, they probably don't want to be bothered. And they're thinking the same thing. So someone's got to bother someone. And and if you can read the room even at all, then it's worth the risk. If because if you're just like, hey, what's up? And they're like, not a lot, then cool. That's that's a friendly interaction. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean they want to talk, but it's still a friendly interaction. You didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't embarrassing. Um, nothing's wrong with that. But yeah, people want to talk. Yeah. And just like I keep saying, even if that that specific conversation goes nowhere, it's just getting in the habit of making yourself available. Because if these sober friendships are things that you're really looking for. I hate to say it, but they're not just going to happen magically. You need to put in the work because unfortunately the current state of our society is like social interactions are accompanied by alcohol. And there, that is very intertwined and it's been that way for a really long time. Um, Obviously the sober curious and sober movement is it's coming along. It's, it's going somewhere, but it's new and it's not going to be the norm for a little while now, at least me and Blazik are trying to change that with our, our profiles and our platforms. Um, so you really do have to go out of your way and it might seem scary, but I promise you it's worth it. I, this kind of piggybacks off my next point, which this isn't exactly a tip, but it's maybe some words of encouragement that how awesome it is to meet someone for the first time when you guys are both sober and you get a conversation going and you realize you totally click with this person and you guys vibe and you like, I have two, two girlfriends in my head that I'm thinking of, like, you totally want to see these these girls again and you exchange numbers and it's just it's exciting and it honestly reminds me of how my childhood friendships started um which is crazy because I haven't I haven't felt that feeling in such a long time not that I'm like super old but it just I don't know 
So, yeah, even though oh, it's just so I can't even put it into words. It's just so worth it. It's so worth the initial anxiety and pushing through the uncomfortableness because what's on the other side is amazing. Yeah, even if it's a first or even if it's a friend, like a friendship, it feels like a first date. Um, so like one way that I meet people is through playing pickup basketball, because like some sports leagues, you know, they're kind of like alcohol influence, totally. like softball and stuff. But basketball is a pretty safe one where you're not really going to drink. And this league specifically is at 6 a.m. So um, but I met a friend there. And this was something where when I first got sober, I was like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to try this new thing that you just show up and, you know, whoever's there is there. And I met this guy and we, we were clicking. I was like, oh, this is cool. So like I got his number and a couple months later I text him and we went and grabbed dinner with him and his fiance. And his fiance was like, it was so funny. Like Darren came home and he was like, I met this guy, like Blazik, and like I think we could really be friends. Like <laughs> it was like we I love that. It was like butterflies when we got home. Like, oh man, like that guy's cool. Like I want to be his friend. Isn't that crazy that that's kind of like a foreign concept right now because everything is online and yep. it's pretty rare that you're having these interactions in person. And you're probably getting butterflies because it's exciting. It's exciting vibing with someone and meeting someone for the first time. And you know, like, you know, when you're mm. getting along with someone like on that level. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like it's in real life is where it gets hard. I mean, like it for people that are just, and I know the question was specifically around real life, but trying try and find that online community too because you know you can parlay that into at least some type of friendship like julie and i met online we've never met in real life really only talked like three times three or four times including the podcast so um yeah like it's not like we have like known each other or or know each other really we're getting to know each other and but it's good for us like this podcast is good for if even if we never release an episode, just doing this is a healthy thing to do to connect over to sobriety, connect over sobriety and like just have other sober friends. So, yeah, I would encourage people to to reach out to anyone, maybe even on TikTok, like people that comment, like link with each other, stuff like that, because, um, yeah, people are very open. Anyone that's in sobriety, they kind of want to talk about it like they kind of want to talk about it. Totally, they totally want to talk about it. You can't shut us up if you bring it up. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is just, it, it is it is what it is. But um, I did just want to mention while we're on this topic of friendships and relationships and meeting new people, um, my friend Steph does host meetings um, on Tuesday evenings and Sunday mornings. That is really how I got the ball rolling when it came to seeking out um, sober friendships online. I host them every now and again. So you might see me as a host. Um, but yeah, I think that would be a really good spot. Um, you don't even need to turn on your camera. You don't need to talk if you don't want to. But if it's just you want to do some type of first step um, that you're very comfortable with, I would highly encourage um, Stuff Stills meetings. Um, and you can find information about that on my TikTok. Um, also, if people ever comment on my stuff, I will respond if people have questions. 
Cool. Well, yeah, we'll wrap it up with that. I think um, one thing Julie and I talked earlier today, we might be doing a giveaway of like some sort of non-alcoholic spirit or beer. We're not sure yet. It's still brewing. We're going to, Oh, pun game 100. <laughs> it's still brewing. Still brewing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do it on is like based off of people that leave reviews. So we'll do a drawing and then a giveaway from that. So if you want to go ahead and get your name in there, uh, go ahead and leave a review, not just putting like four or five stars. That's awesome. And we would appreciate that. Actually, we'd appreciate the five stars. But um, if you could like actually leave a review, like a written review, that's what would make you eligible for the giveaway. So greatly appreciated for that. Yeah. Um, and if you want to either leave like a positive comment or if there is any type of um, topic that we have totally not touched on that we may not think of. That's also another good idea for, for a review. Yeah, that would be perfect. Actually, that would give us, uh, or make our lives easier to where we don't have to come up with topics. So cool. Well, uh, yeah, I guess we'll sign off. Appreciate you tuning in and good chatting, Julia. Bye. Peace.